Good morning and welcome to the Education Connection Radio Program sponsored by Pitt County Schools. I'm glad you had a chance to join us on this morning and today we're glad to have with us Corey Rankin. He's Director of Technology for Pitt County Schools and Corey, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you had a chance to come in to speak with us today. And before we talk about some of the topics and some of your area of responsibility, uh, I understand uh, you're from Pitt County and attended Pitt County Schools. So tell us about your background and career path to your current position. Sure. I uh, was born and raised in Greenville. I believe it was Pitt County Memorial Hospital at the time. Okay. Uh, which is a little funny because that's where um, Board of Education is now. So I'm, I'm stomping around that area, uh, you know, where I was born. Um, came up through the Pitt County School System, Eastern Elementary School, EBA Cock Middle School, then to J.H. Rose High School. Uh, did a brief period there in sales. I just wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I sold phones, I sold cars. Um, about everything but houses until finally I was recommended, hey, you know IT, you know technology. And I thought, well, yeah, but I don't know it at that level. You know, I just know how to uh, play around with the own com- my own computer and, and, and fix it. But here we are today. Now, uh, moving up through the Pitt County School system, I was a, what I would call a desktop support technician, you know, come in and fix your computer. I moved from that to become an engineer, which is more of the behind the scenes, the servers, the software. Uh, and then now, as of uh, August 1st, I'm the interim director of technology for the entire district. Uh, thank you uh, for coming in and sharing that information with us. Uh, before we talk about um, in depth a little bit more your job responsibility and you know your organization itself, uh, tell us what is the mission of your organization and the support for technology that you provide for our district. Sure. In terms of how my department specifically ties into the organization's goals, it's really about getting the students and the teachers the technology they need when they need it to be able to educate the students. You know, in the end, that's our uh, that's our whole goal. So when we can provide a piece of technology or software that will uh, meet the student where they need where they need to be. Uh, that's the goal. So let's talk about the specific you know job responsibilities that itself. Uh, you're the district cybersecurity specialist and responsible for implementing uh, cybersecurity training and testing. Describe those duties a little bit more in detail. Kind of what does that look like, and how does it impact the rest of the organizations? Sure. So with security and cybersecurity specifically, you know, there are many things we can do and are recommended to do that will impact everyone's day-to-day life in the school district. And that's from the teachers to the administration to the students. What that means is we need to protect the student data because we absolutely do not want you know, a student to end up in the real world and their information is leaked online, they can't get credit, they can't buy a car, they can't buy a house, um, you know, because your identity can get stolen through these means. So we evaluate um, the companies that we work with. We will ask them to make changes in some cases. And we rely on state and federal partners to monitor you know, the internet and the dark web for us to make sure that no breaches occurred. 
because in the you know unlikely and uh, untimely event of some sort of breach, we need to be able to respond to it to notify uh, and protect. So you know it's often a, an operational versus a, a reality question. You know what buttons or switches or technologies can we introduce to protect students better without slowing down and bogging down and causing trouble for the teachers who are there to teach, right? Um, So from our department, we send out trainings uh, from a top vendor that allows us to educate people, you know, don't click on a link if you don't know uh, where it's supposed to go. If you get a strange email that's asking you to um, provide gift cards, for example, maybe rethink that or ask someone else, hey, does this make a lot of sense? So those are a few examples of of how security ties into things. And overall, you're talking about uh, those threats and those um, breaches of security. Talk about that. I know you alluded to it already. How serious a threat it is and and what habit it can play in um, the district and the things that you do. Sure. So... From a, from a staff perspective, the, the worry is that the entire network goes down. And what that means is at that point, as we've shifted more away from paper, pencil, and textbooks, is now we can't teach. If there's no internet, there's no network, none of the devices are working, from a staff perspective, that's the impact that we're trying to minimize. From a student perspective, what we're working to minimize is their information being leaked online and being used by cyber criminals to impersonate them. So there have been cases across the U.S. to where, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old ends up with a house on their credit that was used uh, because of the stolen identity. So we absolutely don't want that. You and I were talking earlier before we we went on there about the importance of um, fostering relationships with state, federal, software partners, and others to improve security and promote malware prevention and awareness programs. Uh, tell us why those relationships and those partnerships are important. Sure. So in the K-12 uh, technology side of things, we uh, we don't, you know, make the salaries. We don't have the, the private sector experience necessarily that leads us to be able to do it all alone. You know, we're, we're a bit understaffed with the size of organization that we hire, but that is how K-12 looks. Um, you know, when you can go to a private company and make several times what you make in the public sector, you know, you need people that care about the students. You need people that care about the mission statement and the, the atmosphere provided. So where those partnerships come into play is, We're all in this together. You know, we're all here to educate the students, protect the students. So whenever we can collaborate through free resources that the state or the uh, federal partners provide, then that just allows us to get that much further as a force multiplier against being low staff or uh, perhaps not as quite as much experience as someone running like a Fortune 500 company, right? So... That really allows us to uh, propel things forward at a rate we couldn't do on our own at the staffing levels and uh, and budgets that we have compared to when you have a large cyber criminal 
conglomerate working against you. You know, we've got to use every tool and resource we have and collaborate to get everyone helping. So what are you hearing from other districts or maybe some of the meetings that you go to or some of the conferences that you go to? What are some of the things that they are concerned about? I know the districts may vary. You know, they might have one person who's handling multiple responsibilities. Uh, if it's a smaller district, or they, if it's a larger district, they might have a whole staff full of people. Uh, but what is the, the theme uh, that you hear coming from, out of those meetings and conferences that you may go to? You know, I would say that the overwhelming thing I hear is, you know, we need help. We need uh, everyone to be thinking about this, you know, protecting uh, the students, protecting the network. And we do need those partnerships at the state and federal level, as well as funding. You know, we have uh, a great part, uh, partner in the Department of Instruction that uh, works together with some of these entities to provide us best-in-class software, you know, antivirus software, this training software that we use. These are top companies in the world that we couldn't afford. So getting the buying power of the state um, and federal levels is is really a concern of the others that I speak to across other districts. The other side of it being, you know, we do need those things because of the low staffing. You know, a lot of these smaller districts, uh, specifically in the Northeast, the the person in charge of technology for the district is also helping you know uh, support maybe they're also doing um, student enrollment or maybe they're also uh, helping with public information you know so when you can't focus on a specific task that um, will always be a concern then you've got to decide where to not focus during that period which means it slips and falls behind so it's really, you know, we need more of that collaboration. We need to figure out how to deal with staffing and, you know, job priorities so that we can uh, we can protect the students and, and our districts. Uh, Dr. Lincoln was in not too long ago, and uh, one thing, he talked about strategic plan. In fact, most of the folks who come in and do these interviews talk about the district strategic plan. And I know one element of that plan uh, is to allocate technology resources and and increase the use of digital learning resources and management system. What does that part of that objective of the strategic plan mean for your organization? Sure. So how that matters to us is if we are not, you know, testing, allowing, and fixing the resources that the teachers and the students need, well, we're off course. So we need to support the the district-provided resources we need to make sure that they're working properly. Uh, we need the ability to test and confirm that these things are working properly because we're talking about 24,000 students and you know over 3,000 staff. My team is only uh, you know 15 people that have to help all of them. So we need to make sure that we allocate the resources where they need to be to make sure that what we've selected is working for them in coordination with that strategic plan. So... When we look at a new device, we need to make sure that that device is going to be easy for the students and the teachers and work with the resources that they need it to work with. And that's something we always have to evaluate. And as you were talking about that, and I know you mentioned briefly, you mentioned the size of your organization. Talk about some of this, a um, little bit more about specific responsibilities and areas that you have. You know, we know 
the connectivity of uh, is one area, and I guess the side of software. But talk about some of the things that the members of your team have responsibility for. Sure. Uh, we kind of break our team down into two right now. We have the person that comes to help you when you have a computer problem, whether that be a website's not working or maybe your computer won't come on. Um, you have the interactive panels on the on the wall so the students can see what the teacher's doing. When anyone has a problem with any of those things, we send someone out and they take a look at it and try to get it back working so the teacher can get back to teaching. The other half of our team, uh, the smaller side of the team, uh, that's our engineering team, those are the ones who are making the connections between these softwares and these devices so that it all magically happens in the background. Along with getting those connections with those digital resources, it's uh, protecting, you know, updating, connecting with these other partners uh, to make sure like I say, the magic behind the scenes continues flowing. Also, that team would be responsible for when a school's network goes down, you know, no internet at uh, one of the locations. They're the ones that drive out there and replace the hardware or whatever needs to happen to get that up and running. So it's everything from uh, user support to, uh, you know, keeping the network going, um, and even, uh, in some cases, communicating and training on some of these resources. So you have a complete control of technology across the district, whether it's installing, fixing, I guess buying and all that. Though. Yeah, it's, it's every part of the process until you get into the, uh, the selection of the educational resources. That is uh, my counterpart, who's the director of digital learning, Tim DeCreasy. That's his uh, wheelhouse. Um, usually him or another uh, district employee will say, hey, we have this new thing, and now it's, it's our job to connect it. Okay. Or, you know, select or test the, uh, the devices necessary to get it to work. Uh, speaking of new thing, an emerging area of technology that we are hearing a lot about is uh, AI, artificial intelligence. And we hear about chat, GTP, and its impact. How do you foresee the impact of this technology on your job, instruction, and the way that we learn uh, and teach students? I think um, nobody truly knows yet. We're still in the, I would say, the honeymoon phase of, oh, this brand new thing seems so amazing. Uh, I think in the years to come, where public entities like us can, can really utilize it if it meets our need, is that force multiplier again. You know, if we can't cover everything all the time, perhaps there's a role to where we have an AI agent or or bot who can get us more quickly to the answer to protect or to connect uh, as we do. Now, I'll say just uh, from like a student and a teacher perspective, I think that would be an area of concern in the next, you know, five to 10 years if this is a tool that is going to stick around, then those students will need to know how to use it properly. You know, there's a big concern from the plagiarism perspective. There's a big concern from uh, relying on it too much. And I think that's where the early conversations are. But where we need to get to is how do we prepare those uh, students when they enter a job force in the future where AI is just in the middle of all of it. Because I think those that will be able to use it 
will have that advantage against those that don't know how to use it. If we think back to when the internet first came out, um, you know, there were those that, that kind of went into that and there were those that stayed away from it. And I think practically to do anything these days, you need the internet. So, um, I often joke about, you know, in school when I heard about, you know, hey, you're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go. So you need to know how to do math. I think it's a great example because, yes, uh, I need to understand how math and finance work and when the calculator is the appropriate tool to bring into the picture. So I think that's where AI is headed. Okay. You listen to Education and Next Gen Radio program. Our guest is Corey Rankin. Uh, Interim Director of Technology with Pitt County School. We'll be back in a few moments to talk with him and continue our conversation. Welcome back to the Education Connection radio program. Our guest today is Corey Rankin. He's Interim Director of, of Technology for Pitt County Schools. And we've been talking about some of the impact of uh, cybersecurity and technology across the district. And uh, Corey, um, tell us again on your area of responsibility and a little bit about your organization. Sure. So I, I manage the technology department for the entire district. So we've got, um, you know, around 24,000 students, uh, 3,000 staff. In our technology department, we have right at, you know, 17 between uh, some of the support roles and the people out there doing the work. Um, and we, we do everything from the infrastructure to the support, you know, even some of the, the training and the the guides, um, and responding to cybersecurity threats. Okay. Uh, during COVID, we had the advent of virtual and distance, distance learning. What impact did that have on your organization in trying to meet those needs during the pandemic? And, you know, what were the lessons learned to prepare for the next time? Sure. Uh, you know, I think I can safely say for all involved that that was quite a, a difficult period, you know, when you... Uh, used to have devices in carts. We would have them in the classrooms. A student would come in and check out a device for that class um, to do their work. And suddenly, okay, the students are at home. And we learned that, of course, throughout our community, we have areas that don't have internet. We have areas where they don't have the devices. So it was a very quick um, turn to get those devices in the hands of the kids, get them cleaned because we were worried at that time about the virus. You know, we didn't know if it landed on things. You know, we need to sanitize those. So we really, we had a ton of support at the school level from the media coordinators and all the associated staff there. Um, But on the back side of things, it's okay. We have these resources that we can only access while we're on campus, we now need to access these resources from anywhere. And, you know, that was a lot of quick research and development, um, trying to leverage some of our partners and our um, other districts that we know to understand how they're doing it. Because you do have districts um, prior to COVID that had done some of these things. So let's lean on them. Let's, Let's ask them how they were doing things, lessons learned, pros and cons. So it, it's just sort of interesting that for good reason with the size of organization we are, we move at a certain pace to make sure that everything works out. But during that period, we had to move at a brisk pace 
to respond to what was happening and to continue uh, instruction in a, in a manner that connected with the students. And as we get close to the end of this, this program, Corey, do you see or is there adequate funding and, and resources available to support the overall quality of computers used for teaching and learning, in, in, uh, internet connectivity, um, software, teacher training, all that um, you know, we talk about when we talk about technology. Do you see the, the need and the resources, the people, the personnel, all of that in place? Uh, you know, there's funding for that. How do you, how do you vision, vision that? From where I am right now, I think that we are behind, and, and this is not just Pitt County Schools. This is other districts uh, across the state that I've talked to. I think we're just a little bit behind on our idea of technology because I think 5, 10, 15 years ago, uh, technology in all ways was on the shelf when you needed it. Uh, now, technology is integrated into everything. We need it all the time. Uh, it's everywhere. And I don't think the staffing and the budget and the, uh, the supplemental resources necessary to keep all that running has kept up. And I, I think that's because of the pace of it. I, you know, I'm not blaming anybody or, or calling anything out here. I just think we were behind the curve. Um, so to really get ahead and be the best that we can be for the students and the staff, we've got to really look at all of those things. And whereas in the past... Uh, technology has sort of fallen into the capital expenditure category of we need a bunch of these things right now. I really think it needs to move more to an operational expense to where we need this amount of whatever it is every year. We need to be thinking about it all the time and responding to uh, new things as they're happening with what seems like more rapidly than, um, than they have in the past. And with those new tools and the new connections, we really need uh, partners in the community, uh, you know, trying to connect with uh, Pitt Community College, ECU, also directly with our high schools to look for candidates that would fit into our technology support system. Um, because why would we want to, uh, to train them and educate them here for them to go to the Triangle, you know, the RTP area? Let's keep them here um, so that they can now support the next generation of, uh, of student. And you're talking about uh, next generation, and, and as, as we get to close the segment out, uh, talk, talk about the various ways that um, the next generation of emerging technology is being integrated into the education setting, which you've done a little bit of, uh, including the use of, uh, you know, we talk about People talk about interactive whiteboards, uh, online learning platforms, coding pro programs, and virtual reality experience. Um, how far off is that? Uh, uh, how difficult is that going to be to integrate those type of things back to meet those students where they actually are going to be in their regular social media, um, you know, approach and things that they do? Sure, I think um, you know in a K twelve institution. It can be tough to move as fast as uh, technology goes. So we need to be able to really look at those new technologies and understand what's here to stay, what would really meet that student where they are. You know, I think back to when I was in school, you know, are you a visual or are you a, a listener? Um, 
that there, there's so many more of those now because yes, you can have a really engaging virtual reality experience to go see something that maybe you wouldn't be able to see in real life. And that's, that's a new type of experience. That's, it's almost a step above the visual in a way, but that's also not going to speak to every uh, student. So I, th- I think it's, you know, provide the variety of resource and experience that connects with the student so that, you know, you don't get bogged down in the monotony or fall behind the, the trends um, that are happening technology when or if that technology ends up being in the workplace. You know, they need to experience all of it to really, truly be the complete student that we're looking for. And as we close this program out, Corey, any closing last words? No, I, I think we sort of covered it all. I appreciate it. I want to thank you again for coming in, spending time uh, informing our listeners about the technology uh, advances and things that you're doing in Peak County Schools. I appreciate your effort and work for that. Our guest has been Corey Rankin, uh, Interim Director of Technology for Peak County Schools. Thank you again for coming in and being part of the Education Connection Radio Program. I'm Mark Woodson.